are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we're either dead or alive in episode 113 today, March 14th, 2019. We're going to go ahead and catch up with each other before going right into our topic of the day, which is... Dead or Alive 6 Impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamp located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Steve. Yep. Salutations to your ass. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Indeed. It's good to see you. Well, I, uh, it's good to see you too, Russ. I've, I've held off the germs so far from your place. The germage. Um, I might have just jinxed myself, but... Um, what makes you say that? Despite hawking a few loogies every once in a while, I haven't gotten congested. And that may actually be more due to the allergens that are in the air. Mm. Around this time of year, it gets a little blustery. It does. A little windy. Kicks up some stuff that a little, you could uh, swore you'd never have to deal with again. A little claritin E, Russ. Exactly. Not sponsored by Claritin, by the way. No. 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 Would be nice though. Never talk to him. Uh, so yeah, what's been going on with you? What has been going on with me? He decides to switch it around on me, <laughs> folks. I like it. Go southpaw on you, Steve. Uh, I am happy to tell you that I began to watch season three of The Sopranos. No, of True Detective. <laughs> and I believe I had told you about how much I really enjoyed the first season oh, yeah. of True Detective. Have you seen season three of Narcos yet, Russ? Uh, I can't remember if I've started it or not. I believe I've started it because I've seen the, the first two seasons. So, but I, yeah, that is yet another one. I am so behind on my kind of TV show oriented watching, even though it's like, you know, online stuff like HBO go and Netflix. I think I, when I, once I signed on to Xbox once it said that you were watching a movie or you were watching something. I was like, Oh, interesting. He's not playing anything. He's watching. You know, I, it's, it's been a nice change of pace, especially considering that my, my, you know, my wrist and my shoulder have been causing me problems lately. It's nice <laughs> to just kind of leave the controller alone for a bit and be able to watch something, which is great because like I said, I have a huge backlog of things that I need to watch. Although when the Xbox says exactly what you're doing and then you text somebody or you message somebody and say, Hey, what are you watching? What are you doing? I'm like, what, what, what do you, how, how do you know? Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Ah, I think I'll just go offline so no one knows exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, I have kind of a, a love-hate relationship <laughs> with that feature. I remember it used to actually say if you launch the Netflix app within uh, within Xbox Live and somebody was watching whatever they were watching on Netflix, I would say like, oh, so-and-so's watching Aliens. I remember and that. Thought like, yeah. Because I, I think I messaged somebody like, um, you know, I like the movie so far. And then I thought, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. You know, that's kind of interrupting their movie. And then I thought if I was, if I was the one watching the movie, then I hit these little messages on the bottom. Hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, what do you think of this part so far? I'm like, God, I don't think I'd like that. Yeah, it's a little TMI on that. But I have the reverse issue with the whole offline thing because some people 
who are mutual friends of ours <laughs> are just like just constantly in that state of quote unquote offline when I know for a fact they are not offline. I don't know. I think it's one of those features where every once in a while it's like, yeah, you can sign yourself off and just have the privacy to be able to play games without being uh, bugged or whatever. But I don't know. Like if, if you're expecting to meet up with some pals or whatever, I don't know. Just, just, just flip it back on. Come on now. That just means I have to scroll down that much farther in order to get to your name and then look at you saying offline. I'm like, I know, I know that person's not on, offline. He's online. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to True Detective, though, um, you need to watch the first season with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. It is hands down one of my absolute favorite like TV drama type of dealios. Super, super good. I ended up skipping the second season just because the reviews were saying, ah, yeah, it was okay, but it was nowhere near as good as the first season, and I don't want that to be tainted. Although, having said that, I'm sure I'll probably come back to it and just Not check sure. it out because I'm a fan of, of the show itself. But the third season, and what's really cool about these seasons is that they don't continue where the last season left off. Each season is is like it's completely independent story. Would you give it... Three, all right. I would indeed, especially all right, the first all right, one. all right. That's right. <laughs> so, when watching that, um, of course, as you know, Steve, I'm no, playing more Anthem. I don't know, and I still have not reached level thirty. I, I can't believe you haven't reached level thirty. It's not like it's that hard, <clears throat> Russ. Well, Steve, what? I've been playing a lot of Dead or Alive. I guess you have. I figured that we've played enough Anthem together that uh, you've, you've, you'd be at level 30 by now. I think I'm at level 26. Either 26 yeah. or 27. Somewhere around you're there. You're at level 27. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting close to being at level 30. And it's just going to take a little more time, Steve. Just a teensy weensy little bit more it's, time. But. Um, it's grindy. <clears throat> right where I'm at, it's grindy. Because I don't care at the end of the, of the expedition. It's, oh, you gained all this experience. I'm like, for what? It doesn't do anything, you know? I'm at level 30. I'm maxed out for this section of the game. Right. And thanks for the experience, I guess. I wonder if the experience that you continue to collect goes toward increasing the chances of you being able to score more rare weapons. Doubt it. Because there's no meter that fills up. It's like it doesn't show you... Okay, you know, you got 6,000 points as far as the 20,000 that you need to get to whatever. It just says, hey, here's your experience, and uh, here's your loot, and uh, where do you want to go from here? You want to go to Tarsus? You want to go to uh, Launch Bay? You want to go to the Forge? What do we do? Well, I wonder how that works then. I guess it may be the difficulty. Like, if you ratchet up the difficulty. I know that we've been playing on hard mode now just because we've leveled up to the point where we can actually... Uh, do a pretty decent job of holding our own. But, you know, you have Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3, and I'm sure that by the time you're hitting Grandmaster 3, there's probably a much higher likelihood that you'll be scoring quite a few of the Grandmaster and Legendary weapons. You mean Mastercrafted? What did I say? You said Grandmaster. Oh, Grandmaster, you yes. Get, you gotta get your I'm, Masters I'm sorry, right, Russ. I, I, I gotta get my crafts right. Um, my crafters. So when I've been... When I've been online gaming with myself and other randoms. <laughs> uh, I have been playing on the Grandmaster level because there's really no point in me playing it hard because... Well, look at you and your bad self. That's right. But there's no point in playing it hard because all the loot that you get is stuff you're going to throw away. 
It's kind of... We, Okay. Awful lot of foraging going on, I'm sure. Yeah, well, a lot of scrapping. <laughs> I don't need this piece yeah, I don't of need junk. junk. So the weapons don't get any stronger because they are they max out at level 38. So a lot of the weapons now are like, eh, you know, toss that, toss that, toss that, toss that. And But what does increase, well, not no, increase is the wrong word. All the stats of the weapons are random. So you get the, uh, a weapon and you'll say like, oh, you know, damage plus eight on this one. Like, oh, cool. Oh, damage plus eight, armor plus four. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, but every once in a while, you'll get something where it says ammo plus a hundred. And so you get a ton more ammo or shield or whatever, whatnot. So that's what you're having to sift through if you don't get any Mastercrafter to work is you're looking through all this armor and you're looking through stuff that you can equip and then you're actually like, finding nuggets it's all level 38 stuff but it's it's the random attributes that you're looking for yeah i know what you're talking about because oftentimes i'll look at a weapon that perhaps has a lower i don't know if they call it a power number i don't know bro. you know the numbers themselves like if you like a 38 versus like a 33 mm. I'm, I'm assuming i'm using kind of <clears throat> excuse me oh that was <clears throat> gross i'm sorry i'm still getting over this cold Nasty. um but like in Destiny, there's an overall power number that you're constantly increasing. That's basically the same thing in Anthem where you have that number that you know, it's ratcheting up slowly but surely based on like the amount of more and more like rare gear that you find or the, or the weapons that you find. Um, so I go back and forth because I'm not really sure which side to take. On the one hand, it's like, do I want to get that number up as much as possible? Probably. But also, too, like there are weapons that have a lower number associated with them. However, like the attributes, what you're talking about, are better. And it's, and it's just that, 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 I guess, random generator that, you know, you get a weapon that, like, say, for instance, is a weapon you like to use. And you're like, well, yeah, I'm not really digging the, the, you know, the specs on that. So I'm going to stick with this lower, quote unquote, lower powered yeah. weapon. Uh, another thing that I I don't see the point of is all the the coins or the shards that you can buy, because if the game is going to be a grind, like there's literally nothing to do except complete contracts or go back into the game and, and redo the missions that I've already done, like maybe help some other people out with it. And when you're done with that mission or that expedition, whatever you, it gives you some coin, mm. as if you were just to do it for the first time. Yeah. So if you're going to go back through the game and grind out all these other missions and get rewarded for it, there's no point in like spending extra of your own, you know, Benjamins mm. on stuff to buy in the game. You might as well just save your coin. Yeah, that part I'm also just unclear on. That that whole system is just broken. They've got to have a, a better approach to informing the gamer how it works. And also empowering the gamer and just in a way that gets us more involved with those systems that they have in place. Because I look at it, like like you said, like a shard thing. I'm like, yeah, I mean, do I need the shards or can I just use the, the in-game coins that I've collected? Because I've got a ton of that. Right. Well, the, you yeah, you use the in-game coin to buy whatever it is you want to buy. I mean, do you use the in-game coin to buy the shards first? No. And then you buy the, or you use the shards to buy equipment? Well, yes and no. So the shards are basically... You see, Russ, if you played any mobile games... I've sharded in my pants. I knew that was yeah. coming. I knew that was coming. If you've, if, Russ, if you've played any mobile games at all, 
You see, you, you're lagging behind on bid heroes. You're going to reach across and slap you. It's very true. You would buy... Okay, so you 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 have this currency in the game that you could buy other stuff. But if you don't want to wait and you want to buy it now, then you buy gems or you buy whatever like the, the cool stuff is, the, like the, the cooler, more valuable currency is in the game. And then you could buy better loot or better gear or advance your character quicker. So that's that's what the shards are? So in the anthem, the shards are what you pay, like, not what you crap out of your <laughs> All pants. All can think of are, like, stains in people's <laughs> underwear now. Hey, can I trade this for anything? Uh, it so, stinks. <laughs> Who's that guy? So you buy the shards with your own money, your own dinero. And then you can use the shards. You can either get more coin in the game or you can just go out and buy emotes like I know you love so much. Uh, you just want to go do an expedition so you can emote the whole entire time. No. You just want to emote like some Michael Jackson hip thrusts. You know, if they actually had some Michael Jackson emotes, I would probably buy those simply because those are actually quite entertaining. So anyhow, um, there's hardly anything to buy in the game whatsoever. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, well, I'll buy a new uh, cloth setup, I guess, uh, for something I don't really look at while I'm gunning down dangerous hordes of enemies mm-hmm. nonstop. Or I'll buy, um, you know, whatever. There's, I don't know if I've bought a single item yet. I have. Oh, congratulations. But I haven't spent my money on it. It's not worth it, like I said. So I, what I'll do is I'll buy you know, some extra, you know, armor which doesn't, it's no extra armor. It's just a look. Well, there's another thing too. What, I can't remember what it's called, but like you can purchase a certain like temporary ability upgrade. It's almost like, like you're purchasing steroids to take before you go on an expedition. Oh, like a consumable sort of consumable, thing. Consumable, yeah. yeah. That's totally what it is, dude. It's like, if you go to the gym, you're like, hey, you want to really lift some weights here? Hey. Take some these steroids, yeah. Take some pre-workout before my expedition. You want a protein shake? Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, um, yeah. So there's like nothing to really to buy in the store. So you might as well. And then when there is stuff to buy in the store, you're already going to have coins to buy it because you're grinding the game. And if you enjoy the playing the game and you'll get coins from your expeditions and you just use the coin to buy stuff. So like, there's really no point in, in, in putting extra money in there. It's a good thing that I enjoy the game, though. The gameplay itself, I, I'm not bored of the game at all. In fact, the the strongest aspect to the game is when I'm able to play with, like, you and Big Baby Moose. Like, when you get friends involved and you're able to play, it's a fun game. Like, I, and I'm having fun exploring some of the other classes now because I've been, up to this point, just exclusively Interceptor class. And uh, just the last night, I think it was last night, I was, uh, I, I unlocked the Colossus. Oh, no, that was Wednesday night. Excuse me. It is, well, it is last night. Well, right. I'm getting my days mixed up here. Today's Thursday. Okay. Um, but anyway, I was able to, to customize how I want the Colossus to look, and then I took it out for a test run because the last time I had actually played as the Colossus was during the game demo. And I have to say that I think that they made some subtle tweaks to it, or maybe it's just that I'm more just familiar with the gameplay mechanics of Anthem. Because I had a much easier time playing as the Colossus. And actually, when I was talking to Big Baby Moose, he had something similar to say, too, where he was playing as the Colossus and he found himself really enjoying it. Yeah, I think you're probably enjoying it because it's new. 
Honestly. Well, because I remember playing on the game demo and I felt like he was a little too slow for me, for my taste. And then also some of the moves were just not exactly connecting the way I was anticipating them to connect. But mm. now for some oddball reason, when I, when I played as the Colossus, I'm like, okay, this is feeling more natural. Interesting, Ross. Yeah. I, I would say though, um, before when, when the demo was out, I rated the javelins differently than how I feel now. I would how say- How did you rate them initially? I liked the storm first. And I think the Ranger second, the Colossus third. I think that's how it went. I gotta, I gotta go back and listen to what I actually said. I think you may be right. Yes. Thank you, Russ. My, my pleasure, Steve. But I would have to say that now I think I enjoy playing the still the Storm first, mm. and then the Interceptor second, Russ. And then really? yes, and then the Colossus third, the Ranger fourth. You know, I think the Ranger um, is getting a bit of a bad rep these days just because it was kind of like the main class that was associated with Anthem. But now you're saying, okay, so repeat yourself again. So the the, the updated preference is... Yeah, something ranking system. Storm is still number one. Okay, but Interceptor is number two? Interceptor is number two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, the thing... <laughs> <laughs> So <clears throat> what's different is that with the Interceptor and the Storm, the fighting styles are totally different. Like, they're very unique to themselves. With yeah. the Ranger and the Colossus, you're still just gunning down people. Right. So, yeah, they, they still fly a little bit different and they react different. But, um, you know, the, the Interceptor is all melee, which you use all the time. And then maybe you, you would use your guns. Yeah. The storm is all elements, and then when you're not, in, and plus you can hover around a lot more, which mm -hmm. is definitely cool. And then it's guns, but the, with the ranger and the colossus, it's like okay, which it's just all guns. What kind of guns do you want to use? And then every once in a while, you might use your melee. There is an impressive amount of melee attacks with the colossus, though. Like I was um, really enjoying how you could like sprint forward with your shield, and you can take out baddies that way or if you want to jump in the air and come doing like a hulk smash basically that's super gratifying or if you're like just up close on with a particular baddie yeah, and you just want to swat them shield bash them yeah you can do that as well so it's yeah the colossus is obviously it's the tank class but i do think that there is kind of a nice opportunity there to be able to go back and forth between getting up close and personal versus just unloading your payload from a distance but the, but the ranger, obviously, it's it's just more of a all around good class. But there's nothing that really sets it apart as being memorable. Although I will say some of the extra abilities, not not the the two guns that you have, but just some of the other abilities that you can assign to your javelin. I mean, they are pretty satisfying. I, I do enjoy kind of like the little missile that shoots off and does a nice big explosion or even the, the ultimate that it has. I've got to say all of the ultimates for each of the classes are so just gratifying to watch this like massive visual spectacle. Even though we, we've talked about in the past how like they've down resed uh, what they showed at E3. I mean, it's still an impressive thing to see. Indeed. Which one do you like the most at this current time? Um, Which ultimate do you like the most? 
I would have to say, well, with the ultimate, uh, <clears throat> maybe I'm used to using the Storm's ultimate, so I'm, it doesn't have an effect on me much, but I do like the Ranger's ultimate. The Ranger's ultimate is very cool to like yeah. see all those homing missiles come yeah. out. That's very cool. But I mean, at the same time, the Colossus, like, I mean, the explosions are just overwhelmingly Ginormous. powerful. Yeah. The thing with the Colossus, I mean, well, you just see explosions throughout the whole entire game. Whatever you throw in a grenade, you see an explosion. You yeah. shoot in a little missile, you see an explosion. So just more explosions. Yeah. Um, so something different where it's a bunch of, like a swarm of homing missiles that burst out of your shoulder pack or whatever they come out of. Yeah. Then, you know, it's just something different. And I do think that like when I actually get around to playing more as the Ranger, I, I think that it is still an enjoyable class. I don't think that there is any one particular class in Anthem that sucks. I think that all four of them are just very unique in their own way. And I have found recently actually as playing um, the Interceptor, there are several moves that I can do while I'm in the air that I wasn't aware of. And I don't know if that's the case for all the other classes or not, but like I found that like, for instance, one of the abilities I have as the Interceptor that I really like is the dash ability. It's where yeah. you, you lock onto an enemy and all of a sudden you just like, just totally yeah. dash fast. And then you're able right. to do like That's kind of a, a cartwheel kick or something onto them. You can do that while you're in mid flight. Like I'm not talking about hovering. I'm talking you're flying forward. As long as you've got an enemy in your sights, you will automatically go into that mode and just like zoom down like a, like a dart out of the sky. <laughs> and take someone out. And before I would just do the melee attack. You press Y and I do that cool acrobatic flip, you know, almost like helicopter thing going down, which is really cool. But also just any of the other abilities too that you assign, you can do from the air, which has really opened up more kind of play combat scenarios where like, as I'm coming in, I'm thinking, oh, I think I'll do this one this time. And it just keeps things fresh. I will say with the interceptor, <clears throat> seeing the, the, the person you select, as your your main character or your voice, either the man's voice or the woman's voice. Uh -huh. I'm the dude. I'm the chick. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So seeing you or me or whoever, well, I actually I haven't seen it with the chick, but with the dude with the, the the face mask off as the interceptor, yeah, it looks terrible. It does. It yeah, I've seen terrible. YouTube videos of the guy's face. I'm like, that yeah. doesn't look right. But yeah. the female uh, face looks perfect. Yeah, looks really really cool. And um, I can't remember if I told you this or not, but like during the, the 2017 E3 demo that they showed, one of the big selling points for me personally was that very like short cinematic clip of, of <clears throat> the female in the ranger suit that's walking out of Tarsus and you see her face briefly and it's just this gorgeous face. And I was like, man, that looks like just Man, that that to me is like the face of Anthem. Like that's really cool. And I'm glad that they actually kept that face as one of the female options that you choose. And of course I just gravitated toward that one. I'm like, yeah, I want that. And, it's, and of course it's a bummer that you don't get to see that cinematic or other cinematics that take advantage of, of the high fidelity from that demo. Cause that was just super cool to see that. Yeah. That's just a real disappointing. I mean, it, you know, the, the demo looks so good. <laughs> and if you think of other games, like if, imagine if Anthem looked kind of like how to had the graphics of Wolfenstein. Right? Sure. So everything is a lot more crisp. Not to say that it doesn't look good, but it, it could look... I mean, obviously... It is it looks, still a gorgeous game. Yeah, it's still gorgeous. It's just missing that wow factor. I feel like people are being a little too harsh on the graphics presentation of this game because, yeah, I get it. And, and I agree that it's not on the same level of detail that we were shown at E3. Totally get that. Totally agree. 
Um, but having said that though, it's like, dude, you're flying around. You're, I mean, I just, I'll be, I'll find myself like rotating the camera just to see the vistas that I'm currently in, or I'm looking at my own javelin suit or looking at, at the enemies and stuff. I mean, it's not a lump of coal by any stretch. Yeah, it's not a lump of coal, it, but it is a bait and switch though. I mean, they, they said, this is what you're going to get. This is how it looks. And then you, they give it to us. And then we, everyone's saying, this is not what you told us it would be. And they're, what they say is not, yeah, you know, we, we, we couldn't run it on the hardware or with that. Yeah. You know, it's just literally, yeah, we had to change some things. And, um, that's that. Okay. I am curious to see <laughs> where this game is going to be a year from now. Yeah. Like once all of the timeline has been fleshed out and released, um, I think it's, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how long they're planning on supporting this game. I'm assuming it's probably going to be similar to destiny in the sense that, you know, they did have a multi-year schedule of sorts, but they haven't released any kind of headlines about, Oh yeah, we're going to be doing this, this and this, at least not to my knowledge, but, um, in addition to um, Anthem, of course, it's no surprise. I was playing lots and lots of Dead or Alive 6. And it is very, very fun to play. I've been waiting for this game to come out for years. And uh, we'll be able to get to that in a little bit. But also, too, you and I both saw the new Avengers in-game trailer. Um, I thought... I, okay, here's the deal. I feel as though um, I was a little underwhelmed by the latest Avengers in-game trailer. However, I think it's because they are doing their darndest to make sure they don't give away any plot spoilers. So what they're doing is they're focusing on all of the downtrodden, depressed, melancholy, oh, looking Captain America, kind of like just down and out and everything else because they know that that's what, what, what they left the audience with right. at the end of the, of part one. So it's like, okay, I get it. And that's why I'm not worried at all. I know that the, I just know that the movie is going to be fantastic. Just like part one was, but just watching the trailer though, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not getting like the huge chills and stuff. Like I got from, you know, like, like the, the in game or not, excuse me, not, uh, in game. <laughs> oh in, yeah. That one infinity war <laughs> trailer that came out. So the chick at the end of the trailer, when Thor's grabbing his hammer, that is that would be captain Marvel. Steve. Okay. Well, I, that's what I was going to ask because for some reason it didn't look like it was captain Marvel. I'm like, eh, is captain Marvel? Is captain this Marvel. is totally captain Marvel. Yeah. Anyway, it's Brie Larson. Brie. You know what Brie's good with? Crackers. Yes. Yeah. Just thinking about uh, wedding food, hors d'oeuvres, you know. You have wedding planning. stuff, <laughs> wedding yeah. planning on the brain. It yes. makes sense, Steve, considering the fact that you are engaged. Wedding cheese, crackers, hors d'oeuvres, keep the guests happy. I'm anyway. telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, finally, one last thing, which you just saw today, Steve, mm -hmm. is I received my Prime One Studio Catwoman third, yeah, one-third scale statue. Mm -hmm. Very, very pleased to have it, to hold it, to be able to cherish it, do a bunch of different uh, lighting setups with it, just to be able to get that cinematic look. Mm. <clears throat> That's actually one of the things I'm looking forward to when we finally make the jump to video with Joygasm yeah. is to be able to actually give some proper critiquage. But enough about me. What's new with you? Okay. Well, not 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 much, Russ. 
No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna be honest. Oh, yeah, not, 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 yeah huh? not really. You know, I uh, putting in some late hours, <laughs> keeping it to the grind, not anthem spanking. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I have been playing some anthem, like I just told you all about. I've watched. Um, let me see here, Russ. I've watched some Frontier. Oh, uh-huh. that's uh, your boy Mimosa. Yes. And uh, so I'm continuing with that one. I don't, I don't want to give anybody any plot points, though, Russ. I don't want to give anybody any plot points. I appreciate that. You, you know what, though? I, um, I our, our um, favorite artist buddy. Who? Mr. Herndon. Oh. I can see him doing- Jeff Herndon. Herndizzy. Herndizzle? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see him doing a little uh, little varnishy painting or uh, stencil-y, you know. Whatever, whatnot that he does over there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Of this dude, your mosa guy. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. It's good. He's gonna be mimosa for the rest of the. Yeah. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, he's referring to Jason Momoa. Anyway, go ahead. With his, uh, his like his, he has his bear <laughs> kind of drape over him all the time because they're out in the middle, of, like you know, bear drape. drape. Yeah. You well, you haven't seen it, so you, of course you wouldn't know. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Aquaman. I'm like, bear drape? I've been thing. talking about Frontier. Why would you say? I know, but I haven't seen it. So all I can think of when you say Jason Momoa is Aquaman. Okay. Or, Anyhow. Or Game of Thrones. Yeah, I well, you could work in Game of Thrones also. But anyway, I could see Mr. Herndon making a picture. A lot of backdrop, a lot of posing, a lot going on. Of Frontier? That's right. Well, perhaps you should ping him and recommend a little sketch rooney Yeah, but I couldn't, uh, probably couldn't afford the commission right now, right? <sighs> you gotta, he, uh, he's gotta be paid. The man has to be paid. Don't we all? Absolutely. <laughs> what else is going on with you there? <laughs> Actually, you know what? That That's really about it. I have, uh, I have three movies I have to watch, two of which are not even taken out of the Netflix envelope yet. One of them, though, is The Equalizer 2. I have seen that. Oh, whatever. I have. Oh, whatever. I have. Did you even see the first Equalizer? Yes. I think you're a liar. I will have you know that I watched The Equalizer Part 1 here at my house. And then the very next night, I went into the movie theater and watched The Equalizer 2 because I had a colleague at work... Highly recommend that I go check it out. So I said, okay, I will do that. Did you go with the wifey? You better not say you went by yourself and didn't invite me. You know I like Denzel Washington. I don't know if the wifey went with me. Who'd you go with, Russ? Well, I may have gone by myself. Oh, thanks. I'm not sure. Unless you came with me. I did not. I know you forget about me every single time, but I for sure was not with you at that at that movie watch. I don't I don't recall. It was it was here. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man boobs bouncing because it's time for the topic of the day. Oh, 
our topic of the day is Dead or Alive 6 Impressions. And I have been looking forward to talking about this game all week long. I'm going to go ahead and start us off here, Steve. <clears throat> Why'd you do that? I have been a big fan of Dead or Alive since the first game came out, I believe back in like 1996, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a long time running, but I have really enjoyed every iteration that has come out since that time. And of course, if we were to take a quick trip down memory lane, we will uh, notice that Tecmo actually licensed this game engine from Sega because it was part of AM2's Virtual Fighter. So literally, they took, um, well, they didn't take it, they just, you know, <laughs> they licensed it. But I think it's one of the best transactions in gaming history where you actually could have a completely different studio that is not associated with Sega take and license their proprietary arcade software and then be able to create their own fighter that has a very distinct persona to it that has the, the action that is way more fast-paced than Virtual Fighter. Because if you recall, Virtual Fighter was kind of a combination of like an arcade fighter, but also almost like a fighting simulator. And so you had movements that in, in some ways were quick, but a lot of the movements were kind of slow too. And it was just, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were in this this brand new territory of polygonal 3D games, and back in and back then that like they just they were just trying to find their way along. It was actually quite a testament to the technology that Sega had. But I, I've really enjoyed what they've been able to do with this game leading up to this point. So with uh, Dead or Alive Six, um, it's very interesting to see which characters have made it to this game and which ones um, haven't yet. But um, yeah, I think the graphics. Well, before I get into this, I mean, just for you, Steve, with your impression of it, have you been enjoying? I know. I suppose we should preface this by saying you're normally not a dead or alive fan. In fact, you're not normally a fighting game fan. My lover, not a fighter, Russ. But what's interesting though is that there are certain games that are fighting games that you do actually enjoy to a certain extent. Like you did enjoy playing some Virtual Fighter. I did enjoy playing some Virtual Fighter. Yes. And you enjoy playing Tekken. Somewhat, yes. Yeah. I like and, 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 yeah, and Soul Calibur. I was about I, to say Soul Calibur as last, well. but definitely not least. So there's I'm super critical with my, with my fighters. You? No. Um, so what I need and Tell me about your desires, Steve. Tell me about your needs. Yeah. So I need I need that the characters to kind of dance, if you will. They're, they're martial artists. They're not just street brawlers. You know, they're not just like, you know, I drank too much at the bar and now I'm going to slam a chair on your face and, you know, just windmill punch my way out of here. I need like grace and a dance and technique and harmony, some flash with it, you know, panache and Pinocchio. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I think, yeah. So with dead or alive, I get some flash but not enough like martial art. Like there's no real dance to the fight. Well, not, to be fair though, you've only had one day yeah, you know of what? exposure. So you don't really know 
the moves. You don't really know. <laughs> that should have got on video what you did right there. No one's going to be able to see that. You know, the old, the jiggle, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> You don't really know. That actually would be perfect for like Instagrams, like you know, uh, the boomerang effect, or you go back and forth. Oh, man. So, but yeah, I mean, after, well, the thing is too. So the game's brand new. And of course, yeah, I play it for a couple hours, but I mean, I'm kind of done with it after a couple hours because it, it didn't grab me by the ghoulies. But again, I think that it's important to measure it by just knowing that normally you're not a big Dead or Alive fan. Right. Eh, well, I'm just not a big fighting game fan, period. So what I want to do is go down this categorically. Okay. So the graphics themselves, I felt, um, are very lush. Um, I'm always, it's always a treat for me to see what kind of graphical upgrades they can make with each one of these yeah. sequels. So they were bright, you know, full of action. Wow. It's very nice to see. Um, the graphics, especially with the Xbox One X, I mean, you have a lot of just really nice crispiness to the hair, especially the hair. I'm pretty impressed with the hair in this game. <laughs> it's it's funny to say, but like, I mean, if you think about it, like hair is, is one of the, the challenging things with any given game. Like some games do a nice job and others you're like, what the heck? I don't even know what that is on the guy's what? head. Yeah, what is that? Um, bunch of cotton balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but what do you what do you think of the graphics? The graphics are shiny, which is fine. Uh, I like the the stages. The stages the stage graphics are nice. It seems as if they modeled the characters to pose for you to admire mm. more. Because like if there's once the the bout is complete it's not quick to jump to the next stage or jump to the next fight. Uh -huh. They'll, it'll stay there for like five seconds and, or 10 seconds. The person's just standing there like, Oh no, what do I do? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I know you've been <clears throat> snapping pictures. How do you snap pictures and, and throw them up on the internet like that? Yeah. It's not using your phone. No, it's not. So, um, Dead or Alive has this camera feature to uh -huh. it that I really love. Uh -huh. I literally spent an evening, I spent like three hours too long. just going through a particular fight. And um, the camera system is very reminiscent of like Spider-Man's camera mm. or like, um, like in Halo Reach. You know how like you could pause the action and then you can move the camera literally through the, the battle zone. And you can get like certain pictures that you, if you wanted and like the explosions oh, would all like be frozen the, and like the particles would be all 3D. Like and, in mul and multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this uh, camera is very reminiscent of those types of cameras, which is fantastic because one of the things that I realized, and, and again, I just wanted to try it out. I was just going through the features and I was like, oh, okay. There is actually a tremendous amount of subtle nuanced animations that you never see when you're in the middle of fighting. And especially, you know, at 60 frames per second, you have these moves that are lightning fast. If you're able to pause any, you know, a fight during any kind of move or whatever, and then move the camera around, you're going to notice you're like, wow, like there is actual emotion in the character's faces that I had no idea was even there. And also too, just in terms of, the movements and like, like looking at the details of the fabric as it moves or looking at like, you know, like the, the way that they, they've have the, the dirt and the sweat and stuff, being able to, to slowly accumulate the longer you go and battle and that sort of thing. It's just really cool. And I found myself thinking, man, this is really cool to be able to almost treat these as uh, storyboards 
Like if you were to, to somehow have fun with, with like, um, oh, what's that word? It's where you, um, it's the same thing as like when you're putting together a dance. What is that called, Steve? Choreography. <clears throat> Thank you. That is exactly oh, the word. Goodness. Bless you, Chad. But yeah, like just being able to have fun with choreo, you know, choreographing a battle or a fight of some sort, like just, you know, tapping into your inner John Woo and be like, okay, you know, here, this is where like this, they do a cartwheel kick and here's where like they slide in. There's some water that sprays up, you know, <laughs> I, in one fight, I ended up taking like 27 pictures. And each one of the pictures, I mean, it looked like something that you would see out of like a comic book or something. I mean, it's it's really fun. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I think that that's definitely cool. And I don't know if I told you this, Steve. Yeah, you did. Team Ninja liked one of my posts. Oh, snap. How cool is that? that? That's awesome, Russ. I thought I was, I was like looking and I'm like, oh, someone like, okay, so what? What, 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 what? That is super fun. But anyway. It is a feature that I'm going to look forward to doing. I plan on actually going through each of the characters in the roster and just taking some, some nice close-ups and some fun action shots and stuff. But yeah, I I find that I'm appreciating the more thoughtful camera features in games that take the time to really do it. Like I really liked it in Spider-Man as well for the PS4. Uh, but anyway, that that's just my little thing there. I don't think it... Are you sure it's 60 frames a second? Because it sure didn't seem like it was 60 frames a second to me. It seemed like it was a little bit choppy there. And well, Steve, it's very shrewd of you to catch on to that. The reason being is that mm -hmm. I went into the options and I put graphics as the priority, not the frames mm -hmm. per second. You can go back and forth with that. <laughs> and with uh, it being the Xbox One X, it's like, you know... At first, it's a little jarring because I was used to the 60 frames per second. Because, like, the, what you have here is more like 30 frames yeah, per second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, probably like 20 But it more. doesn't really, like, bother me, though. <laughs> like, I, I've gotten used to it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. That's it, it's, it actually, the frames per second plays a lot like how Dead or Alive 5 last round had their uh, frames per second set up. So, but, yeah, like, after this recording, I will be more than happy to go in there and change it to having the frames per second take priority, in which case you will have a very buttery smooth fighting experience, Steve. <laughs> I like buttery smooth. Now, the sound effects of uh, Dead or Alive, I feel as though they're just, they're like classic yeah, DOAs. Yeah, nothing has really changed. Yeah. yeah, I think they're literally using the same sound libraries from probably like Dead or Alive 2 or something. Yeah. Uh, well, again, yeah, not a bad thing by any stretch because like it's very recognizable. It's very Dead or Alive. Um, probably it's very DOA. <laughs> Totally. Very Doa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having said that, though, I do want to hear more original sounds, I suppose. Right. Like a more fleshy, punch you in the cheek kind of sound, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Speaking, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, the story itself. That's funny. It, it, you know, it has always taken kind of like this shallow, silly approach. Uh, it's it's that quirky Japanese humor kind of stuff. I don't like how you look today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You want to spar? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just kind of like... Uh, <laughs> uh, personally, I would like um, to see more of a cohesive, inspired approach to the story. Um, I have always really appreciated like Tekken stories. Like The Tekken stories tend to be also a bit more, I would say, abstract. 
but at least there's more of a serious tone. Yeah. I feel like Dead or Alive tends to be a little too goofy. Wacky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would have, I would like to see some thoughtfulness behind that. You know, Rush, if we rewind for a little bit, there's one thing. There's one thing I want to say about the graphics. And that's when the characters are talking. Ah, I was going to yes. get to that in uh, the animation segment. Okay, then I'll hold off. Let's go ahead and fast forward. <laughs> Let's get into okay. also the fact that the grid system for the story is quite confusing in my opinion. I don't know. That. Yeah, it's like you start a story. Great. You can't continue it, but you can start midway through the story down the chain. Exactly. <laughs> like what? I like the idea of the grid itself, but I have no idea how the chronological order of things are supposed to work. I think it's cool that it's there. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I like the approach, yeah. but I just, I think I would appreciate a bit more of a linear experience. Or how about this? How about like within the grid system at the top, you just have each one of the characters' headshots. And so you could like, you know, choose on the grid, which one, which story you want to do, and then go vertically down from that headshot. So that way, you know, oh, I'm doing Kasumi's story and have it, you know, interweave with the other characters and that sort of thing. Because as, as it stands right now, it's like these panels just kind of randomly appear on the grid. I'm like, I don't know which one I'm supposed to go to yeah. next. What do I do? Although based on just kind of the, the wacky nature, I don't think it really matters. Probably not, bros. The gameplay, Steve. <coughs> okay, that was Excuse hot. me. Uh, I think that it has always had a super tight responsiveness to the fighting itself. Mm. I really like, and I want to get your opinion on this too, but the break blow system that they have um, introduced into this particular version of Dead or Alive with the right bumper. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, well, it's it's fine. I'm. It's kind of seems to be like you the, started the, getting used to it. Yeah, it, it seems to kind of be the tr the the tr I'm trying to say trend and fad at the same time. It's a it's a trad. That's what it is. It's a trad. Uh, so <laughs> you build up a meter until you gets full, and then you execute some big move. Yeah, that's you're blowing in your nose is really distracting me. By the way, I can't focus on my, my thoughts while you're <laughs> anyhow so yeah it's cool I maybe I'm just not that great at the game but I could only kind of execute one move I couldn't do a few different moves I don't know actually it was it's some fighting games are you can just kind of pick them up and you kind of learn how the motion works and how to combine your punches with your kicks and, you know, low, mid, high kind of deal. And you can just kind of figure it out. This one is a little bit different. Maybe just because I'm not used to playing the Dead or Alive series, but yeah. it's like, okay, you have one button for, for kick, one button for punch, one button for like, you know, grabbing somebody. And then you have to use the shoulder buttons to do like some cooler stuff. And I wouldn't do anything really cool until I <laughs> just went, okay, I'm just going to hit everything at once and see what happens, you know? And then I would become uh, the most powerful person in the world. It does. Um, it, it, well, it can be a button mashing game. Like, like there is um, that side of the game itself. So a way to explain this is that there's a triangle system within Dead or Alive, which revolves around the idea of 
having strikes, throws, and holds. And that is kind of the, the, the foundation of how combat works within Dead or Alive. So it's very different from some of the, the other fighting games that are out there. And even though, like, like to your point, there is kind of this trending thing going on with how all these fighters have this kind of like the secondary bar that if you fill it up, then all of a sudden you can do some sort of super move. I actually really like that. I think it, it adds uh, some cinematic flair to the fighting games. I know that I really like that in, in um, Injustice 2. That's a lot of fun. Street Fighter Five also has their own version of it. So it, it, it is a lot of fun. But the idea being um, with Dead or Alive is, first of all, it, it's, it's very, very fast-paced. And there is kind of this, this unique sense of momentum. Of course, every fighting game has this. But with Dead or Alive, it's like, you can you can be on the offense on one moment and then all of a sudden you're just kind of back on your heels being on defense. And what's great about this is that Tecmo has really started to fine-tune the gameplay mechanics so that you can really turn the tide on a more real-time consistent basis. Like kind of the older versions of the hold mechanism, for example. Like you could like, like one person can do it. And then like you, you'd have to kind of get back into sparring again and someone else could do like a hold. But the way that they've approached is that you, if you're really, really good at the game, I mean, you can hold and counter hold and counter hold that hold. And I mean, it, it, it can get really intense, really fast. And you're trying to, to <laughs> psych out your, your <laughs> opponent. And then at some point you both just play patty cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or you just give each other a big hug. Yeah, really. Because you just want to hold <laughs> each other. Or the invisible ref is coming out and goes, okay, you break it up. You go over there, you go over there, okay, fight. Exactly. Um, the one section that I have not tried yet is the online component. Honestly. You're going to get your butt kicked. I am. I totally <laughs> am. I'm going to be like having my, my gluteus maximus handed to me by some 10-year-old. I just know it. I lost those guys. I'm going to beat those guys, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I will give it a shot. I'll give it a chance. Um, now, going into animations. Just don't go Jay and Silent Bob on whatever 10-year-old, 13-year-old. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Peace be with you even though I'm playing a fighting game. <laughs> so the fighting moves, I feel like, are super polished. Like, all the animations with these these different um, martial art moves and stuff, I mean, just, they just, they look great, in my opinion. I think that, that uh, they look super fluid. Um, the cloth dynamics look great. I don't think you saw, I think you saw a little bit of the cloth dynamics, but you haven't seen more of the, the more ornate outfits that they have. Um, however... And this is to your point that you almost made earlier, but the lip syncing is downright horrible. It's terrible. Wow. You can tell that it was specifically designed for Japanese VO and no effort was made to redo the, the lips for English. Well, I mean, even if, if, if it was for Japanese, there's no real like expression or articulation articulation yeah. or whatever. And like the jaw movement at all, it just kind of mouth opening and closing. I do think that th that is probably the fly in the ointment for this game, which is surprising because everything else in this game is so polished, but that one part, I'm just, I'm actually really surprised. And if you, I were to compare that 
to say Soul Calibur 6, which came out a little earlier than Dead or Alive did, um, Namco has done a very nice job with their characters matching what whatever it is that, that they're currently saying in English. Like I, I actually put Dead or Alive down last night, popped in Soul Calibur 6 just to check it out, and also because they have some new DLC content that I wanted to download. But I started playing through as like Taki, for instance, Oh man, like her, her face has all kinds of just emotion and, and proper syncing with whatever kind of phrase or sentence she's saying in English. I mean, it really does add to the immersion factor as opposed to what Dead or Alive 6 has, which is just, it's almost like the character's murmuring or something. So did you have any other comments on that particular part there, Steve? No, it, it just shows its ugly head every single fight because you it zooms up on whatever person there is and they say something cheesy yeah and they just look like a kind of a plastic doll face they do and i do believe that if they were to actually put more time into the facial animations it would i think remove a lot of that kind of doll motif i guess for lack of a better word i can think of at the moment but the uh so also the environments too like i i'm really glad that they have um, maintain that multi-stage environment scenario. So if you blast one of the characters through a window or down a, a waterfall or something, like, I mean, there, there are several um, just different portions or segments to the overall stage itself. And I don't think you've seen all the stages yet. Mm, probably not. But I do like the interactivity with the stages. So I ha there's a stage where you're on this shipwreck and there's an octopus going nutso out in the water. <laughs> Puts the Sea of Thieves uh, cracking crack to shame, yeah. Yeah, so then later on, uh, you know, you can time it just right or piss the octopus off or something. And it goes out, grabs them, and then throws the other person through the ship. Like, you know, so you go to a different level or I think on the island or something. I don't really know. It throws you into the bowels of the ship. Yeah. <clears throat> and then later on, which was kind of um, cheap, but it was cool. <laughs> you're in this uh, street brawl. Uh-huh. And so you have, you're, you have bystanders in a circle around you while you're fighting. And then if you were to kick somebody or punch them or whatever uh, off the stage in a sense, the bystander would grab the person and go, hey, get back in there. Right, you know, right. They would push him back in, but the person would shuffle and they'd still be on their feet. So then you would just keep on kicking the person back and forth. And then all of a sudden they're, they're, they would just get knocked out. Right, right. Um, one of the other things I forgot to mention too, um, going back really quickly to, well, I guess I, we can make, yeah. we, we won't go back. We'll just yeah. add something to it. There you go. The music. The music itself, um, I really like I a can, lot. I can tell that it's been done by Sega people, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, well, are you talking about the, like the, the way the music sounds? Sounds and composed. Well, so Sega did not compose the music. That was done by oh. Tecmo. Okay. However, I would not be surprised if the game engine itself probably has a certain type of catalog that you can work with and it speaks highly to just kind of the, the pedigree of Dead or Alive how it, it goes all the way back to Virtual Fighter but I like it Steve it's good 
I'll, uh, I'll definitely give it that. It, it, it's, it's good music, but it definitely sounds like classic kind of Dead or Alive and or Sega. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about no, a lot of these fighting games as of late, Steve? <clears throat> What's that? I like... Ooh, was that you? No, you. <clears throat> Excuse me. You. I really like how fighting games are pretty much the one genre of game where while you're playing it, it totally brings me back to the arcade scene of the 90s. In that, when you're in the main menu screens or you have the result screens or whatever, I mean, you have fonts that are just totally arcade-like. The sound effects are totally arcade-ish. Even the, the, the fighting itself. I mean, that was... That was a big deal back in the 90s, like with Street Fighter 2 and with Mortal Kombat and with Basic Instinct and like, or not Basic Instinct, Killer Instinct. <laughs> what <are> you, <laughs> kind of game you fighting? I'm, uh, I selected Sharon Stone. Yeah. She's doing that one special move with her legs. And I chose Michael Douglas because <laughs> she's the only other character to choose. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, like you had fighting games that were really dominating the arcade scene. And I'm really glad how like, I mean, you could you could take Dead or Alive 6, plopping into some like classic arcade cabinet and it would look just like what you would expect at an arcade scene. I dig that, Steve. I know you do, Russ. They're all kind of like in your face, kind of over the top, kind of like bam, bam, boom, pew, number six, here you go. Exactly. Yeah, kind of <clears throat> gives me a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> you old man, uh. you. Now, the DLC is a bit interesting, too, in that Tecmo is continuing their their DLC packs. Now, what I mean by that, Steve, <clears throat> is that in Dead or Alive 5, I think they started this with 5. I'll have to double-check this. I apologize if this is inaccurate. Russ, do your research. I will say this. When I started noticing it, it was with Dead or Alive 5. And that is that they began to have these huge season pass DLC drops where like they would combine an absolute ton of costumes into a drop. Right. And they would charge something like $92.99 per season pass. Right. And I think they had something like six or seven season passes total for Dead or Alive 5 last round. Which means that you probably could have spent somewhere in the vicinity of about 750 bucks with the game included. That's an awful lot of money for a game. First game's got to fund <clears throat> the second game. Well, and let me tell you, I mean, <laughs> I, I think they made a pretty penny off that. And they're continuing it with Dead or Alive 6 because they have their first season pass that's out. It's the same price. It's like, it's either $92.99 or $93.99. Um, but it, it includes two new characters and something like 67 costumes. So if you were to break that price down, I mean, it's probably something like, I don't know, $1.37 per costume or something like that. And then the, the, the characters themselves probably go for like $3.99 a piece. Uh, I don't know. I, my, ma my math is not perfect, Steve. I'm not exactly sure what that comes out to. But if you were to break it down, probably something like that. 
And they're planning on releasing even more characters. One of the things I'm very excited about is that they are continuing their partnership with SNK. And SN and you know, with Virtual mm. Virtual Dinner Alive Five, they actually had um I think it was just one character. I think it was just Mai, who was one of the SNK characters. But I believe that now they're going to have at least two SNK characters for Dead or Alive 6, which I'm looking forward to seeing. And I would honestly like to see more characters make guest appearances. And again, it goes right into that whole guest appearance idea. Like, for instance, Soul Calibur is no stranger to this. They've had lots of different guest characters from other IPs come in and have some fun tussling about their weapons. <clears throat> but um, when it comes to Dead or Alive, you haven't really seen that too much. Now, with Dead or Alive 5 last round, they also got both Jackie and Sarah from the Virtual Fighter series, which again, I really like that because it is kind of a callback to where Dead or Alive got its roots. And so I, for one, am hoping that they will also continue bringing... Um, uh, Sarah and Jackie to the, uh, the the Dead or Alive Six, perhaps even with some additional virtual fighter characters. I would rec recognize some of the moves that are in the game from Jackie. Uh, I remember Jackie had this <clears throat> kick where it was a side kick, but he just kind of flicked his leg a uh -huh. couple times from you know standing position to midway. Right. <laughs> and <it was laughs> so, so one of the characters I was playing actually did the same thing. Well, and what's interesting, too, is that with Dead or Alive 5, anyway, there has been some tweaking to the speed at which both Jackie's moves and Sarah's moves are executed. So they don't feel as virtual fighter-ish. They're definitely feeling more Dead or Alive-ish. So that makes me happy-ish. <laughs> it's funny to see how there's some, I don't know, kind of stereotypical characters and they're like, for example, there's a Bruce Lee character. Jan Lee. Yeah. yeah. Or it would be like martial law or something from Tekken, for example. Um, or it's the kickboxer chick or it's the, the, the kickboxer dude, like Huang from Tekken also. Uh -huh. Really similar moves, too, by the way. And when I, when I love playing the character in this game. I Rig. His name. Rig, yeah. I <laughs> thought you might. I actually really like him. Man, like I, both him and, and Diego Oof. are uh, are pretty... I, I've got to say, I'm glad to see more male characters in the game. <clears throat> and not only that, but I also like their fighting styles. I feel as though it does inject a bit of freshness to the franchise. Um, but again, it's not knocking any of the ladies because I've really loved playing as, as Kasumi and Lei Fang, um, Christy. Those are probably my, my top ones. Although I will say it's a little bit <laughs> odd that when you're like this big buff dude and you're like ground and pounding this, you know, whoever, you know, 15 year old chick. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm enjoying this game. You know, am I going to get a domestic abuse yeah. uh, charge placed She's on me? And like this school uniform. You're like, um, this feels odd. Yeah, uh, I hear you on that. Well, I, for one, am going to be putting a whole lot more time into this game. It is just a great time to be a fan of fighting games. I mean, if I look at Injustice 2, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, 
the Mortal Kombat, excuse me, Mortal Kombat 11 that's supposed to be coming out here pretty soon. You have Soul Calibur 6, Tekken 7, Dead or Alive 6, all of which are just highly polished, really finely tuned fighting games. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm pleased as punch over here. Did you know, speaking of the next Mortal Kombat, no pun intended, by the way, <laughs> no punch intended. You know, Ronda Rousey is uh, voicing one of the characters in the next Mortal Kombat. I heard something about that. That's pretty mm, cool. That's awesome. Get some street cred into the game. Yeah. I like it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android. You can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud.com slash TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see all of you next week. Goodbye.